create a space. We The idea of this is, yeah, is to take up space as Black women, as African women. And we want people who listen, people who are joining us every week to feel like they can take up space and have these conversations. Hi, welcome back to Take Up Space. I'm one of your hosts, Esther. And I'm your other host, Aviana. And we're joined with Eniola, but I prefer to call her Enz. Um, and Enz, do you want to talk about who you are and stuff? Um, my name is Eniola. I... I'm the operations manager for Project Agape, and I'm also in school for business admin. And how um, tall are you? I'm six two. <laughs> yeah. If you're six two, I'm five one. Yeah. <laughs> I feel you. Um. Okay. So we'll just get right into the conversation then. So um, I guess a good place to start could be talking about what exactly we identify or no victim blaming to be like what what is it like yeah what what do we think it is um we'll talk a little bit later about how like the implications in our community um being the black community and being like young people as a whole as well but but, but i think first we should talk a little bit about what is victim blaming and yeah so can i say something perspective. go ahead okay i think for me when i think about victim blaming i think about so I've lived both in Canada and in Ghana, like in my childhood. And I think I remember there being certain clothes that I was allowed to wear in Ghana that when I wasn't allowed to wear here. And the reasoning is that it was hot enough to wear it in Ghana, but it wasn't justified here. Even if it was the exact same, like 32 degrees in Accra, 32 degrees, wherever in Canada, like same thing. And I remember being like a little girl being told like you can't wear that because it's too short or it looks inappropriate or I remember all these all these girls in the school that I went to had this one outfit from Walmart every single girl had it it was like this shorts and like a tank top and it was like you weren't cool unless you had it and I saw it at Walmart and I was like no I just want one please 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 and they were just adamantly against it because it was shorts but these were like all little girls so when I got older and I thought about it, I was like, so are you trying to tell me that like, we really couldn't wear this stuff, even though to us it was just cute fashion because you were that afraid of us getting sexualized, but you didn't have a problem with the people that were doing it. You just had a problem with us, quote unquote, dressing sexy. Like it boggles my mind that somebody thought of a seven-year-old that way. Yeah. And thought that was the fine part. So that happened not in Ghana, but in Calgary. Both places. Like when, oh. I, when I went back to Ghana, I think I was... Uh, I think this time I was like 12 or 13 and yeah one of those times and I was wearing like a skirt that I bought like at H&M or something I was wearing the skirt and I remember having my brother and my cousin tell me that like we were on the side of the road like in one of the like main road um, and we were waiting for a taxi and I remember them telling me that like all, all those men are staring at you because you're wearing a skirt. And I was like, other people, like literally mm. other Ghanaian women are around wearing maybe less or more. And you're telling me they're staring at me, the child, because I'm wearing a skirt. Yeah. And that that's logical. That's and that I need to cover up because I, as a child, am responsible for how people view me. Yeah, that's messed up. I think for me, I would say victim blaming. And in the way that like I've always, like, even that has been perceived to me and the way that people like whatever is usually like when I tell someone something and 
their first thing they ask me is, what did you do to, like, allow this to happen? And that automatically to me is just, yeah, you don't understand anything. You, in your mind, think that I have to do something for someone to want to do something to me. I remember there was a guy I was talking to last year. And um, because, like, I remember at Tagape, it comes with a long conversation. People go on my Instagram, you just see it. And then some people are, like, confident enough to ask me, like, oh, like, what is this about, blah, blah. And then they'll go on the website and see what happened and, like, everything. And then the first, sometimes, like, they don't want me to talk about it. But then if I bring it up, this one person was just, like, oh, like, oh, he did that? Oh, what did you do? Like, why did you do that to you? Yeah. And I was like, what do you mean? What, what did he do? Can you ask him why did he do it? You're asking me, what did I do? Even if I, 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 first of all, I didn't do shit for shit. And even if I did shit for shit, I don't deserve that to happen to me. That's like asking somebody at like, who just got stabbed. Like, what did you do to deserve to get stabbed? Yeah. Like, like nobody like, deserves violent to get stabbed. Violent acts have nothing like, to do with like, yeah. Yeah. Sense. That's honestly how I've always seen it. There's a lot like of layers to it. But I think in just more modern day, because I've had people ask me that so many times, both men and women ask me that, people old, young have asked me that, what did you do? Why did this person do this to you? It just has always been like my lens of like, you're literally just in your mind, you're questioning for what I've done because you don't believe that someone can do this just because they're crazy and like they're evil and they're heartless. You think I have to do something for them to want to do it. But that's honestly how... I've always viewed it and like, yeah. And do you have any way you viewed it? Or... No, it's the same. Yeah, I feel you. I feel. When I feel you share with people, they just straight up ask you, like, "What did you do?" Yeah, which is like so frustrating. It's not applies in the workplace too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You'd have to see somebody as an object to direct mm-hmm. that question, like to start off with a question like that. That you had to do something. For somebody to do that rather than somebody like you were saying having initiated that action because yeah they're doing a bad thing yeah right. i think even like the first thing out of your mouth is not being like either like i'm so sorry or are you okay like are you safe like yeah or and that's such a horrible yeah thing. or i'm sorry yeah. that happened that was horrible and then the first thing you say is oh what did you do that's actually heartless like they don't see as a human being like you're not human to that person because people just don't like, acknowledge that things like this happen. And mm-hmm. for them to have to acknowledge that it happens, then they would have to, like, you know, oh, I'm sorry and all of that. They'd rather just pretend it doesn't happen. So in that case, then they can just blame me for it. Yeah. Well, it doesn't change the reality. That's true. It just makes me yeah. a piece of shit. I'm sorry. How was everyone first exposed to victim? Like, maybe through, like, for you or for somebody else that you kind of saw. Um, was it an experience that you remember, if you care to share? about what that experience was like so when i was uh, i think i was probably i think i was six five or six um oh sorry (laughs) i think when i was uh, this happened when i was five or six i remember there were some adults looking at a photo of somebody who had just been raped and it wasn't just like like it was a graphic photo of things you don't want like you know down there pictures mm. horrible stuff like that and I didn't understand it obviously because I was a child so I was like what's that and they were like mind your business like this is, has nothing to do with you and I remember what whatever they were whatever they were talking about to do with this they were making that person out to be like like she asked for it or like she did something to deserve this and thinking about it as an adult and realizing like it was a gruesome thing to see and people that were supposed to be protecting me around me saying stuff like that was just shocking 
Mm. That was the first time I think I really ever saw something like that. And the other time was was personal to me. The first time I told somebody that I had been touched and the person beat the shit out of me for it. Um, I was four when that happened. I'm okay talking about it because it happened and mm. I want people to know that it happened because I don't want to feel... I got, like, they, the person beat me to make me feel ashamed for something that I didn't do. And if I don't talk about it, I'm going to continue to feel that shame. And mm. I'm going to talk about it so that other people who have had other things like that happen to them will also talk about it because they do not deserve to feel shame. Mm. I feel that. I feel that. Thank you for sharing that with us. I think, honestly, it's very difficult, especially when, like, being a young person, seeing, like, people who are, like, older acting like this especially because as young people we're so influenced but yeah i think like as young people like being able to like see that happen it really like sets off like a lot in like how we perceive things um i know for me like the first time i ever like i had to like from me and for like from me personally and like from my mom and i think my mom was even like like unfortunately so because of the way that i i was it was perceived to me i was even i didn't victim blame her but like Actually, I would say I did because it was perceived in that way. So when everything happened with my dad and everything, um, there was a lot of like scrutiny on my mom. And when I go to school, not from like the students, but from their parents would be like, oh, like, are you okay? Blah, 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 blah. And they would make it seem kind of in a way that like I had, like my mom had done something to deserve it. So then I started to think that my mom has done something to deserve it. I thought about it for so long. And not that I was mad at her or anything. I never ex- expressed it to her. But in my mind, I was like, whatever she did to have that happen to her, I don't want to experience that. So I'm going to do the complete opposite of that. And then I became somebody who became submissive to partners. And I never stood my ground. I never did because I thought, okay, if I do that, something's going to happen to me. So, like, because, like, society made made it be perceived like it was, like, her fault because she did so-and-so, I was like, okay, fuck, well, I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to be the opposite of my mom. So that never happens to me. And I think it, it took me having to experience it for myself to realize that, like, you know what, like, it doesn't matter who, what situation, doesn't matter anything. It matters that this person was just evil and did something bad and that was it. Nothing that I can do can change it. Um, I think for me personally, the way when I experienced something was when I had told someone who was, like, very close to me and like similar to Yabiana, but like it was it wasn't like like physical like beating but more like verbal like harsh just really harsh words like how could you let that happen to happen to you like you know where you're from blah 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 like just things like that and then like it really set up something in my mind that even to today I still struggle a lot with just whenever something bad happens to me I always in any case, victim blame myself. I'm so hard on myself. Like, how how could I, even when I go through breakups, it's like, how could you let yourself fall into this? How could you let yourself be this stupid and everything? Because when something traumatic happened, someone blamed me and asked me so many times, how could you let this happen? And now in every single thing in my life, I do that to myself in ways that like, I don't even realize. I hate it after. Like when I was going through my breakup, I fully did that for like, oh, Whole two weeks is, Esther, what the hell is wrong with you? How could you let this happen to you? How could you blah, blah, blah? How could you, how could you, how could you? And I knew that it was wrong. I was talking hard on myself. But I feel like because 
this mentality has just been in my brain since I was what? Like eight, even though like I now I know better, there's some parts of me that I will never do to anybody in my life, but I'll always do it to myself, which is like honestly like as fucked up in my opinion. But yeah, that's that's about me. Um and did you have anything that you wanted to share of yourself or of other people or even if it's just something that you um, I just think growing up in Nigeria, oh, I lived in Nigeria for 17 years before moving to Canada. Um, that was a long time. Yeah. It's been seven years. Oh my God, I've been here for so long. You've been here for like 11. Sorry. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Sorry, continue. <laughs> that was very. I need to. Continue, yeah. continue, continue. You have to cut that, that over. Yeah, yeah, I proposed it. Continue. Okay. Um, so I just feel like growing up in Nigeria, even like our culture, it's basically if someone ever comes out to say like something being sexually assaulted or like tra- they've gone through trauma, it's always like, well, what were you wearing? What did you do? Mm-hmm. You must have done something. Even with like, even if it's a little kid, they're still like, well, maybe if your parents dressed you up like, I still see stories of people that are fully clothed and they still get sexually assaulted. Like, mm-hmm. it's not what you're wearing. It's the, like, the person that did it. Like, it never was. Insane. Yeah, it never had anything to do with clothing. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just like, yeah, growing up, even in high school, the school I went to, it's just like, even kids their age were also, like, victim-blaming people that for stuff they were going through, too. So I just feel like it's, like, brought up, like, in our culture. That's what I would see. Like, being Nigerian, it's ingrained in you that if something happens to you it's your fault before any like it's not the perpetrator's fault that's what i was saying where do we think that stemmed from just that idea that mentality of just it being like our fault and not the perpetrator's fault like because then a man doesn't have to take responsibility if he fathers a child or if he does something stupid in that sense you can put the blame on sorry you can put the blame on a woman if they're the ones who, regardless of whether it was a violent act or it was a consensual act or whatever it was, you can still say that while well, she's the one stuck with the child, so, you know, she's at yeah. fault. And that's kind of how I feel like it's looked at in our communities. Yeah. Like, they will never put the same weight on somebody getting somebody pregnant as somebody who does, who's the yeah. actually pregnant. Pregnancy aside from it, I genuinely think it's because, I don't know if this is a thing that came with colonialism, or if it's like a twofold thing where it's like on one hand they believe like our communities believe in like women having like certain responsibilities and they believe in like those like not not to say that like this is just for women type of thing but they believe in like women fully taking responsibility for things that are supposed to be within their control but then Mm -hmm. at the same time um seeing women as an object type of thing i i want to say i feel like part of that is colonialism but who knows what happened before that in different communities but I think those two together would probably make somebody think of, think of like, I guess people in our community think of us from like, as objects in that way. Yeah. It's like, you have to have done something. You, what, wh- whatever you are is what causes yeah. this to happen. It's not that people act independently. It's you. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in, in that sense, it's like, even like the whole idea of it being like, our community like very heteronormative in the sense that like, heteronormative and misogynistic in the sense that like they the idea that like it is not the man's fault because it's the woman's has responsibility takes away from the fact that men can experience um 
violence yeah. can be abused and brings into into perspective that whole thing of like it's always gonna be the woman it's the woman's you know the problem type of thing um so it has like sorry we're gonna say I wanted, sorry, I just wanted to add on to what you said, the, the thing with men. Mm. People, I don't want to say, I'd like to say society in general. I say that for most just humans in general. Um, I think humans in general, when talking about these topics, always see men as the perpetrators and then women as the victims. But if you look at it statistically, it's half, it's like split down the middle. It has nothing to do with gender perpetrator or predator can be a man or a woman or anywhere in between and a victim can be a man or a woman or anywhere in between being violent isn't that uh, has nothing to do with being a man and being mm-hmm. submissive has nothing to do with being a woman but for some reason even our communities is seen that way so keeping like taking that into fact the fact that it's like half and half it's half the time it might be a woman but the other half it's a man that it happens to and nobody is talking about it especially in our communities when it happens to men because it's almost like it shouldn't happen but in that same sense that it shouldn't happen to a man it's almost expected to happen to a woman yeah like and justified almost like it's just a part of life it just happens mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. i feel that and honestly i wish you had a man in this conversation because i feel like for women there's so many like things that like are put on us as far as like victim blaming goes and like what were you when were you doing so and so and so but when like i know like even the men that i know who are survivors in my lives like when it comes to them all of them have told me that it literally is people asking them why why is this a bad thing like was you not fine like that and that was like like, if it was such a problem why didn't you fight back exactly like are you not stronger type of thing yeah like that's literally what they see there's never like so like i've always like which i I don't know in itself but if, if you think about it, then it makes sense that if people have never been through anything like this before, they're not looking at it that way. So yeah. they don't understand yeah. that it's not it's not what they think it is at all. And and making it about, like, when it comes to men saying that, like, oh, well, you weren't even into it. Like, there's so many problems with that in the first mm-hmm. place. Like, first of all, you're assuming that, all, like, all men want is sex all the time. Mm-hmm. And I've heard people in our community say that, in our community say that too, and it bothers me because I'm like, that's, that's just not true. Like, they'll say... Um, Here's the other side of it. You know how they'll tell, um, or at least for me when I was younger, they'd say cover up and like, or they say teenage boys, they only have one thing and one thing only on their minds. I mm-hmm. really hate it when people say stuff like that because what about the teenage boys who had things happen to them? What about them? You're going around basically saying that every teenage boy is practically a predator, so you have to cover up or else you're at fault for whatever happens to you. That's sick. Yeah. Because that's also, a, like, talking about a teenage boy, that's a child, that's a minor. Yeah. And then you're, like, there's so much in it that just does not make sense at all. And it's because of the way people are thinking of it. They're not thinking of it as, they're not thinking about these things as a violent act. If they took out the gender part of it and you're thinking, like, the shock that people in our community would have when a man would say that this happened to them is the same energy you should keep when a woman says mm-hmm. that happened to them. But you shouldn't be coming at the man talking about why didn't you fight back or you weren't into it yeah. because then you're assuming that all men are just over, overtly sexual beings. And then when you go to the woman talking about why you cover up, you're assuming that the woman is an object. Yeah. I feel like when people say things like to men, like, oh, like you should, you should, why didn't you enjoy it? Like you should enjoy the type of thing. It kind of takes away from the, like it makes me understand. People don't understand what, abuse is it has nothing to do with what, pleasure it's yeah violence yeah it's, like it's, somebody fully has like forced themselves on you has like against your will you and like you don't yeah. have a say in it it has nothing to do with enjoyment or whatever it is like this person has 
force me to something against my will and they violated me and you're asking me if i like it but you should enjoy it yeah. she's hot like what kind of fucking question is that like it's it's, it's honestly sick. Crazy. it really is it's sick yeah sorry um, yeah it really i feel you i feel you so i think in thinking about how i guess like shifting the idea of victim blaming in our society just based on like our experiences and based on like the things we've seen, how can we learn or how have you learned to separate predator, excuse me, quote unquote, from gender in order to be able to more so believe and support survivors with whichever gender they identify and how have you, or how should we navigate that as survivors, as allies, as everything altogether in between? understanding that um, assault and violence isn't just attributed to one gender and even like you know all genders even non-binary folks go through like experience depending on your gender it doesn't yeah. matter I'm not waiting properly so I'm gonna come back no no I feel you I feel you I, I agree I think mm-hmm. like it is literally just that it's just separating it from gender from norms from all these stereotypical things and just saying like a person who is has been abused is has it doesn't matter where who like where they're from doesn't matter especially because like violent abuse is one of the things that does not discriminate it it doesn't choose oh i'm going to attack so and so yeah there's statistics that there's more maybe like more black women or more indigenous women things like that but everyone anyone can experience violence and i think that's the biggest thing to note there i think when when we start thinking about that we can start doing two things we can start removing all the victim blaming ideology we've instilled in women and we can start as well start to remove all the stigma associated with men who experience um violence because that's what we're doing we're just basically like making a shit time for people who have experienced it by even making it hard for people to want to talk about it. Like, I don't know if you guys have the same experience, but, like, talking about it as well, like, even to, like, because I remember, like, when everything happened, a lot of people told me to go to the police, to go talk to somebody about it, to just, you know, get justice, quote-unquote. I didn't because, number one, I just didn't want to have to deal with this person again. Um, and also because it's just kind of, like, you just automatically know that there's going to be scrutiny, there's going to be people asking me but why did you how did you like what did you do to so and so and so and you get afraid of that and when people ask you those things you start to replay it in your head you start to actually think to yourself fuck what did i do why did i let this happen and people don't want that you don't want to feel like shit while you're trying to get justice or seek support so people just don't say anything and people are suffering and just allowing them to feel everything in silence because they're afraid of people telling of people judging them plain judging them. that's why the whole thing of like believe survivors is a thing and as much as like believe survivors everyone is like yeah of course you believe survivors no like actually believe survivors regardless of whether or not they are men or women they're non-binary they're they are black they're white they're anything like just believe people who and i know like it's hard as well because there's like and it always annoys me because that one percent, that ten percent of people who lie about it, make it so difficult 
for and I don't know if I remember that story. Was it Justin Yuji? Oh, the girl, yeah. Yeah. Girl, yeah, yeah that's she was sexually assaulted by him. Yeah, like things like because I remember that happened, I think it was the time we all went to Vancouver before you guys came that yeah, year. Sober. Yeah, and I was just like Yeah, I was no, just twenty twenty. Yeah, right before COVID, right? No. no, 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 the echo, yeah, the echo we started, so yeah, 2020. Yeah. And I was just looking at it like, gosh, like, this is so ridiculous because when everything came on, I'm happy that, like, I'm happy it's not that it didn't drag, like, it's not a kind of thing where, like, basically, Aviana, there was this guy, and so I don't, I don't know much about He's a Nigerian, like, he's an IG, like, he dances on IG. He created a like, movie too or something, like a, like a skit. Yeah. Like, he's like a funny person, like, like he makes, like, skits and stuff, and yeah. he became really popular. He lives in the U.S. and someone came out to say that um, she, they were sexually assaulted by him in like 2016, or like 2016 or to 2018. I don't remember the date, but like, but basically, he wasn't living in Nigeria at the time, so he had like facts to back it up that he wasn't in the country when this person supposedly said um, they were sexually assaulted by him. But it really like affected him because I know that he was counseled for a while, mm-hmm. like he lost followers. He like. I think he was making money through like skits and stuff online. He couldn't do that because everyone was like bashing him and telling him like, and it's kind of the thing like our culture too. Like it's because like, and obviously people were bashing him because it has happened before where like obviously like kids that are of a middle or like elite class mm-hmm. are able to like get away with stuff like that because your parents are able to pay them or they have money so it's never gonna matter. So people were really on him like you're not getting away with this, you know. Even though you school abroad, you know, you're in the diaspora, you're still going to get, you know, justice is still going to prevail. But in the end, like, he was able to vindicate himself because he wasn't in the country at the time. I don't say, like, maybe the person did get sexually assaulted, but I don't, it wasn't by him. Yeah. So I think yeah. it's just like, yeah. I don't want to say, I don't know. Right? Yeah, don't know we don't know what happened. Thing, but, like, but those yeah. things like that and, like, trying to bring someone down. Yeah. Like, because I don't know, like, I know there was a lot of different stories, like, oh, um like after they came out that he didn't do it maybe like you know um what's it called like she had the vendetta against him or something like that and then i saw a particular tweet that said this is why we have to ask questions or people say things have happened to them and that frustrated me i was like really because there's one person everyone wants to say oh they want to justify justify victim blaming because one person one person has done so and so and i get it I, i get it because like you see the repercussions and like this thing didn't happen over months or years. This was over just a few, over the Christmas break, right? Over, yeah, Christmas break. And you see the way this person's life just shifted, losing friends and everything. And you get it. Like, yeah, if it obviously because the person was wrongfully accused, then like your life is fucked up for nothing. And even though you it wasn't you, there's still... There's still that thing, because I didn't even know Justin Yuji was before then. And I probably, like, when I think about it, I remember, oh, yeah, the guy that they, they accused of, of assaulting this girl. So, like, it really... Yeah, exactly. And, like, it just, like, it fucks with people. So I do get it. But I just think, like, as a community, we have to kind of, like, in like in any sense, give survivors the benefit of the doubt. Again, innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah, obviously, like falls in all the cases and everything but like in this case now the guy was guilty until proven innocent guilty until proven innocent like he was guilty he's guilty and the smart thing for our community to do which happened was uh, someone said they were abused and everyone believed the person then the evidence came out that didn't happen and that was it but we're not gonna just say because this one thing happened 
we have to now like scrutinize everybody and dig deep before we're able to like kind of like say you can talk over me if you want kind of like say oh um so and so happened to somebody so we're gonna just everybody yeah we need evidence like where's the evidence like yeah go ahead my thought about that was that also there's less wrong accusations than actual assaults. Yeah. Katy, by the way, guys, yeah. say what's up. Say what's up. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's true, right? No, so that's any, exactly this, It's like in murder and everything is always yeah. going to be like, and it's sad and it sucks, but yeah, there still are more women being assaulted. Yeah. Than man being wrongfully yeah, there's accused. More, yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think because people, like, think about, like, oh, like, especially when it's someone they know, they want to think, oh, you know, let me just, because, oh, this happened with this other person, maybe the person is lying about this happening to them, so let's just support our friends and everything. Um, and people really do get in. Like, I know, I don't know, like, I know you know a lot about the Nigerian things. I don't know a lot about them. But, like, um, what's his name? What Nigerian thing? Bali something. Oh, Bali Lama. Yeah. Yeah. For him, well, he's a no predator. I didn't even know that. Wasn't there two of, like, there was Castro too and Burna Boy. There was a whole thing about both. That they were fighting on on, they were both, on Twitter. Yeah. Thing they, they both molested people and they were both calling each other out and then they were both saying, like, and then <laughs> so it was just, it was so embarrassing. I was like. I've never liked Burna Boy. Sorry. I'm sorry. <clears throat> ever since yelled at his grandfather, or was his dad? His gra- ever since yelled at his dad or grandfather, like, I can never like him. Like, oh, you know, old man is weird as fuck. Um, oh, sorry. I I remember the thing I was gonna say, and it was kind of like what you said, Katie. Like, I don't understand why people have more of a problem with even if, not say even if it's a false accusation, but wouldn't you rather something be investigated if somebody said something really terrible happened and to find out the truth and to be like well they might be lying so you know mm-hmm. not even bother anyway because you find out the truth and what that person said actually did happen you're gonna be glad to know that you know that this yeah. person is capable of that you'd want to know that there might be somebody out there who's doing this thing so that you can yeah. protect other people but the fact that you're more concerned about oh like you can't, can't believe you said this you're ruining somebody's life it's like oh you don't want to investigate at yeah. all you don't want to at least clear your name you don't want to you know like it doesn't make and any I'm, sense i'm to so me. sorry like if like let's use someone we know for example as like if he god forbid does anything like like that and we obviously are like yeah you did that i'm sorry like and it appears that he was wrongfully accused i think as a human being somebody who has sense you should not and people are afraid of like their friends being like wow you really thought i could do something like that but like you know yourself yeah you didn't do it okay you didn't yeah and like exactly but like if if your friends are if you're angry at your friends for your friends believing that you could do something like this it's not about it's because they understand that like anyone can do it like you're my friend you're not my friend like anyone can do it so i'm not gonna defend you publicly because you're my friend because i'm not gonna defend someone who abuses people and people always like get mad at people like how can you especially when they're um proven innocent they're always like oh yeah you know no no all my friends are fake they're not fake man they just believe survivors that doesn't mean that they, they don't like you or they hate you they just understand the fact that as an individual, you could do something wrong. It's not about you being a loyal friend to them, like, because anybody can abuse, basically. It's also, like, the way people, you treat someone you're in a romantic or sexual relationship with is different from how you treat someone that you, that's your friend. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, there's people that are 
like it's like when you look at serial killers you have like good like friendship and a good family like, mm-hmm. they can like, literally have a whole wife and family they love and then go out there and be killing people yeah, so one like, every monday like yeah so it's like yeah. the relationship unless you're you've been with that person like in all aspects like been their friend been with them sexually that means you can say you can know them through and through but like you don't know anyone through and through because everyone acts different in yeah. depending on the set of, type of situation or relationship they have with each other. you only know one facet of a person yeah yeah because yeah, who knows like we like you, use our parents for example we could know our parents because with through our parental relationship but we don't know who they were as like in their friendships with other people mm-hmm. or their relationships they were totally different people than how we experience yeah them. especially because like we're raised to kind of view our parents as like yeah top, yeah, yeah like you know higher than everybody so um like, sorry um Anyway, on that note, I was also thinking, what are the steps that maybe you've taken? I know, like, we all kind of grew up. I don't know if any of anyone has experienced. I know I have as well. Our families, people in our community who just have victim blame, what steps can we take to kind of create these conversations? And I think as survivor leaders, survivor advocates, it's important that when we see something or when we hear something, we kind of call it out in our families, in our communities that, yo, you don't do that type of thing. But what steps have you or just anyone who like maybe is like struggling to have these conversations with their families, with their friends about like the victim blaming implications, things like that. How what steps can we take to start these conversations? What steps have you taken to have these conversations with your family, with your friends, with people that are in your community? If anyone has any I can say something about Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so I'll say for anybody with African parents who might be afraid of saying something like this, it when it comes to certain things, um, you have to say something. Like, it, it, there's certain ways things can be said, but you have to say something. So for me, even though I'm really respectful with my parents, if we're having a certain conversation and I, like, you know, said something needs to be said, I'll say, I'll just say, that's not okay. Or if you didn't know, like, you can't say that. Like, Mm. there have been plenty of times I've said to my parents, you can't say that. Like, that's not, like, that's not, I promise you can't. And it's not to be disrespectful. And even if they take it that way, you have to say something. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think... um, When it's safe, sorry. Yeah, true. I'm going to say this because um, I really just don't care, to be honest. I'm a grown woman. But, um... My last year, there was something that happened um, where, so the kind of person that I am, just like the way I am, and I don't think it's, there's anything wrong in it. I don't think there's anything wrong in the way that I dress and the way that I choose to express myself because like my identity with self-love has been very, very long. It took me a long time to get here. So when I do post a picture once every four years, I take pride in it because I know that I have social anxiety and because I just don't like the way I look sometimes. So, you know, there was a picture about out there with me and then someone reached out to a member of my family and um, basically was like, yeah, she needs to not do this. Like, what kind of person is this? Like, basically, she's gone to Canada to become a whore, basically. This is a stranger. Like, no one, I don't know who the fuck the person is. Um, and then I remember my family reached out to me and made a comment to me that basically called me a whore, all of the above, all those things, and was like, um, if you had if you hadn't dressed like this, if this is how you're dressing, 
why this is why basically saying like no wonder you got raped if you dress like this basically and that really messed me up because <laughs> the way that like my family is i really felt like wow we really overcome all like we've we've grown like because i remember when my family found out it was very difficult they're really hard on me and it really just shifted things for me because i just was like wow like it's kind of like you can talk to people about things but just because we talk about it doesn't mean that their mindset that they've had for decades is going to change. It's a continuous conversation because I've talked about it with my family, but I just felt like for you to still bring that up as a reason for why I should not post pictures with not naked, not bikini, just cleavage, then that just says a lot about the fact that like, like I don't even blame you. I blame the culture, but as well, like the conversation needs to be continuous because like that should really mess me up, honestly. And like, Obviously, like, even though, like, I, I know that I didn't, that was not why, because I know how I was dressed, and I, I, I know that my dressing does not matter and everything, it just really made me feel like, wow, like, we need to really, like, make sure that these thoughts don't enter the future generations, I guess, is what the point I'm trying to make. Yeah, I feel um, that just our culture and even our parents, like, the older generation also trying to learn there's still a lot of stuff they still have to learn because mm-hmm. they've grown up with stuff like this. Even when I went back home, my mom had an issue with the fact that I don't wear a bra. And, really? Yeah, and she kept like, because when I went to school, she when I went to her workplace, she's like, pull it up. Like, why aren't you wearing a bra? Like, why are you coming here not wearing a bra? And I'm like, bro, I don't wear a bra in Canada. This is how. Yeah. Like, I don't like wearing bras. And she's like, oh, you should wear a bra. Like, and she just kept laughing it off, and she's like, oh, your boobs are going to sag. <laughs> and I'm like, I know it's not that. It's just you don't want me to, you don't like the fact that I'm wearing a bra yeah. and I'm around men. And it's making them yeah. look at me a certain way. And she kept asking me what I was wearing to her work to see if it was too revealing or not. And I'm mm. like, I go wherever I want here. I dress however I want. Yeah. And it's even meant to be safer for me at home because I'm with my family yeah compared to me being here all on my all own, your own yeah. and getting to ubers dress however i want to dress yeah but it's just yeah. like it's stuff like that i mean you know for me i still didn't wear a bra because yeah it's hot but, yeah it's, i think our parents really struggle especially because like and yeah. i think because we left so young and we kind of became women yeah away from them so like think about last time you saw your mom even though you mm-hmm. talked every day she's still seeing you as that age yeah. Of the last time, last time I saw my mom was what twenty eighteen. Yeah. I was a young, I was a child, like a baby. So sometimes when she tells things to me, she thinks it's rude that I say this, but I'm like, "Mommy, I'm twenty five years old. I know what to do." Like she was mm-hmm. asking me about filing my taxes. I'm like, "Girl, I've been filing for the past fucking five years. Like, what kind of question is that? Like, just things like that. We're like, I'm like, like, and because we didn't grow up, they see us as youngins. So, like, and I'm I'm surprised as well because I don't know. I felt like. I know, like, obviously, like, Nigerian parents would view Holte people in a certain way, but I just felt like, obviously, I mean, I don't know, like, maybe you can talk about that, but, like, going back home, has it, like, changed the way people, like, dress because of, like, the whole Holte thing, or is it still, like... It's changed, but I still feel like they, the older generation, you can still see them judging, but now they don't see anything. Mm. They look at you and you can see, like, they're judging, but, like, they don't see anything in terms of, like, okay, like, I wish that would happen in Ghana. Yeah. And I hope they hear that. (laughs) Well, I just feel like, yeah, it's just people are like, let me mind my business, but they still judge, but it's more internally, not like 
outward like telling you is this how your yeah. mom told you to leave the yeah. house but it's just like yeah so that's why i just feel like and obviously they still like your parents are still gonna tell you what you should wear especially if you're a woman mm-hmm. and i'm like yeah yeah i wore a pair of um before i came to ottawa i had my last doctor's appointment and i wore this wasn't even sorry this wasn't even um necessarily revealing or anything i think it was just the vibe that they didn't like but i was wearing white thigh high boots and like <laughs> let's let's just say i was not like i was covered from here all, yeah like from my chest basically all the way down to like my feet yeah wasn't anything was showing i was just wearing the, the, the boots thigh, that yeah. were up there and it was such a problem for Eesh. i don't want to say who it was it was such a problem <laughs> for the person that i was with that they were like is this necessary like do you need to do this and it was mm. boots i wasn't wearing anything revealing it was just the fact that i wasn't presenting in this like meek modest keep my head down nobody's supposed to even know that i exist type mm. of way and i was like fuck that um yeah it was like the one of the first times i finally felt like talking about that whole i was with my parents for like and like my family and stuff for that transition between like girlhood and womanhood and stuff mm-hmm. but i find that in at least in Ghanaian culture there is no growing up yeah like mm-hmm. my brother is in his 40s with three kids and can still take a maybe we'll call it a verbal beat down from <laughs> from yeah. yeah and like it's a part of it is like that but because of that the policing doesn't stop like mm-hmm. no matter how I feel like how old you get, it doesn't stop. And it doesn't even, it's not even just like a nuclear family. Like you will have somebody like close friend, close family friend telling you, you can't do this because like you're like a daughter to them or you're like mm, whatever type of thing. Yeah. It's just like lines that are crossed. Yeah. I feel it's messy. And I think, honestly, I feel like, I know a lot of Nigerians say this, other than I know who are like, either like they're gay or they just are very like sexually liberate or like, I'm waiting till I can pay my own bills. And then I can do whatever the fuck I want to do. And I think a big, big thing that I'm learning as an individual who has a mom who's, like, strict but also, like, laissez-faire in her parenting style at the same time is that you have to kind of learn to, like, take back your power in the sense of, like, yeah, mom, what you're saying to me, you might think it's a command, but it's a suggestion. And, yeah, I'm not going to do it. And I think before it was very, like, okay, mom, I'll do it, but now I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to wear this, or I'm not deleting my Instagram, or I'm not deleting the photo, yeah. and it's you just that. Do, because what about them when, when they were the same age, and if their parents had so yeah, much interest oh, my-, my dad said stuff, I'm like, you don't forget, you don't remember the stories you told me about <laughs> what you were up to in school? Yeah. A, I'm, like, I'm an angel compared to you. When my mom and my first love, I don't even remember my mom first love my dad, she used to come to school always in the short dresses. She always, she's she still like. kept it up. She, for you. Uh, <laughs> she always, I always wear high heels. Yeah. There are times I was even like, mommy, this dress is short. What did your grandma say? We're going to school. Eh, my grandma cannot tell my mom, but my mom would be like, okay. Yeah. So same thing. Yeah. Though. That's, that's literally. That's, like, that's, that's why I do it because I'm like, the way you like, I'm watching the way you talk to your mom about when she talks, tries to police you, yeah. and I'm doing the same thing because yeah. yeah, okay, mom, sure, I'm not doing it, but okay, cool. It's a good that's a good thing to point out because I've been like, I'll hear my parents be like, you like, if I talk back, any kind of talking back with Ghanaian parents is dis like, anything you say is talking back, and that's just disrespectful. So if they say something and you say, well, I don't know about that, that's disrespectful mm. type of thing. 
So I remember hearing my dad on the phone talking about my grandma and complaining about whatever, whatever. you know how like yes, you get to a certain age where you become the parent to your parents. Yeah. It's kind of like that. And I'm like hearing him complaining about my grandma saying he needs to do this or needs to do that or whatever and being like, the same way he's talking about like don't talk back and all that doing the exact same thing with my grandma and i'm sitting there watching him like yeah. they're not like are you not seeing yeah. this they don't so the taking your power back thing is 100 percent true yeah. don't be disrespectful but take your power back especially when it comes to when people try to tell you how to work how to how to police your body and make it seem like if something is going to happen to you if you don't police it mm-hmm. it's just like honestly i just feel like it has to do with even though everyone, people are progressive, it's just like, there's still this like facade they have to keep up with. Mm-hmm. Can I ask a question? Did mm-hmm. you guys ever get taught bodily autonomy? No. I didn't. It never occurred to me that like my, I, I owned my own body. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Pretty much. I did. To like a you degree. got taught your body was your own. Yeah. That, like you could protect it, that it was yeah. yours. From very young. Yeah. I actually did. That's really um, Yeah. I remember <laughs> I was taught in school. I think by your mom. I think in class. Oh, yeah, wow. we were in year six. We were year six. I remember because you know what I remember because that happened. I don't know if it was it was so, so, someone came and took us and told us about it in year six. Maybe because we were in year six. What period? Hmm? Period? No, just like don't let people do nothing to you. But you guys went to oh. you, you went to we went to the same school. No, but you went to an international school. Yeah, 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 that's a little much. different. Yeah. That's a little different. But it was a Nigerian, had Nigerian teachers. But I remember because like... But the curriculum, that's what I Yeah. The curriculum. The is. next day, I think it was, I was in church and then one of the our classmates were in church. I remember I was like, I used to sit on my <laughs> uncle's like leg just cause, like, so I could see the like pulpit better. But when I saw a classmate and I just like got off his legs, I was like, I don't want them to think that I'm letting my uncle police my body and do whatever <laughs> he wants to me. So I'm not going to sit on my uncle's leg like... And I remember that, and that was like when I was like, "Oh wow, actually, my body is my choice. Like it's mine. Like I could do whatever I want to do with it." But I didn't register it until like much later. But like I remember after that, I don't know if it was maybe it was a parent. Somebody came into class and talked to us about it that day. And after that, I just was like, "Yeah, no." Like, and I think that was same same around the same time my parents got divorced too, because they got divorced when I was in year going into year six. So yeah, it was around that same time. Um, yeah, I think like it's it's important to teach that to kids from young. Like, yeah. it's so important. Mm-hmm. That would help with the victim or shifting the idea of victim. Yeah. Teach children that their bodies are their own. Teach them. Yeah, the future generations and not teaching them like. Yeah. I'm, For me, using it like saying it's a vagina. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not saying oh it's your cookie, it's mm-hmm. your flower, mm-hmm. it's your. Oh my god. That's one thing I'm actually proud of my niece yes, with my niece. Yeah. I think I was but, telling us the story. My niece like little three-year-old knew all her parts would go around being like this is my but like not actually she, yeah, she'd yeah. be like i know what it's called it's my vagina yeah. <laughs> good job we're so proud of you <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, like, like telling them like letting them understand what part it is not like babying it down for them yeah. obviously i'm not saying go tell a baby like a three-month-old it's your vagina but like when they're understanding like they're understand like words like teaching them like it's tell them the truth part. yeah yeah like, yeah. So they understand. So God forbid, if something does happen, they're able to tell what you what to do. Yeah, and tell you like someone touched this yeah. on my body, and not yeah. like, well, someone said you're gonna. Do or they know what's wrong too. Yeah. Because wrong. I'll say that I didn't know when it happened to me that it was wrong because I didn't understand bodily autonomy. Yeah. Mm. I didn't know what happened to me was I knew something was off. I just mm. didn't know it was wrong. 
Yeah. And that would have made a difference. And what you said actually reminded me of something else. I was thinking, did you guys ever have when you were younger, there were certain things that like men were not allowed to do? Like you were like, you couldn't like, because you said you were allowed to sit on your uncle's lap, right? Technically, I was not allowed to do that. It was very like, not allowed to sit on uncle's laps, not allowed to do certain, like it was very certain things where it was like, um, uncles can't do this, uncles can't do that. You can't like like all these like you can't, you can't be alone. Be yeah, yeah yeah mm-hmm. all of that stuff if yeah. you say something let me know yeah and it, it was that and it was i had a lot of that alongside with seeing a lot of like all this like you know really bad stuff happen yeah. same parallels in the same sense of like people policing your body policing like you can't wear this you can wear that like yeah. you as a little girl in the same sense they'll be telling you, you can't sit on this person's lap and not telling you why so that's probably why i knew something was off but i didn't know what mm-hmm. because i knew that like you're not supposed to do this you're not supposed to do that but somebody did but is it bad or not i don't know just yeah, yeah. And for me my issue is if you know like i don't care who the person if you've suspected that even if it's your brother your sister you've suspected that they've molested or touched a child why are they still part of why are they still in yeah them? like take them to get help report them yeah. like don't keep them like you know the thing is people brother. have yeah oh. he's my family people have, have so much rest. loyalty Kidding to family members. I always say, man, all this blood shit, like, yeah. I get it, your blood, but blood don't mean shit to me. Love everybody in my family. But if anybody in my family does anything, I don't, I don't fucking know you. I don't, I really don't care. And I think even because I've come here and I've lived away from my family for so long and I've kind of built my chosen family, I now know that, like, for me, family doesn't have to be just blood. Like, I don't give a fuck, like, who you are. Wait, okay. um, do you want to explain what this scenario? You explain it. Like so basically, this scenario is going to be our way of kind of closing, talking about how like rather than victim blaming survivors, we can shift the blame to actually supporting survivors. So, Abiyan's going to talk about a scenario real quick, and we can give answers and stuff. Yeah. Okay. So the scenario is you're having a wine night with your girls, and one uh, um, one of your friends seems a bit quiet. You ask her what's wrong, and she says she went on a date with a girl she's been talking to on Hinge. Then they went back to her apartment, and the next day when she woke up, she had blanks in her memory, but vaguely recalls being fingered and says she doesn't. She didn't think she consented to it. She thinks the girl from Hinge drugged her drink when she was in the bathroom. She says she doesn't want to report to the authorities. Who's going to believe that she raped me? Everyone thinks only men can do something like that. What can we do to support in that instance? And like, what would we, what should we say? Or what would and we what say? should we not say? Yeah. Anybody want to? I don't want to. What you shouldn't say is try to ask them, um, well, why did you go home? Or why didn't you cover your drink? Mm-hmm. You should have watched your drink. drink. You should have. Why are you on hinge? Yeah. Why, why did you go out? Why didn't you go meet us with somebody in the church? Why are you gay? Why? And men never do this because men are very active. Women are manipulative. Stupid shit. Yeah. That's the one I would hear. Yeah. Women are manipulative. Amen. Why did you? This is why you don't date girls. Something crazy like that. Or is some stupid shit with God is trying to punish you for being. That's stuff you shouldn't say. A lot of things you shouldn't say. I think you shouldn't even if they don't want to go to the authorities right away, don't pressure them to. Yeah. If they don't okay. If they don't want to go to the authorities right away, don't pressure them to. All you need to do is be there for that person in that moment. Like yeah. if they're in shock, if they're upset, if they're numb, whatever it is, just be there. See what they need. Just be comfort for them. And take it day by day. 
Um, what? Sorry. Um, I agree. Everything else. I'm not sorry. We continue talking. I was just basically gonna say I think one of the best ways to support is not to put any pressure on that person. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Y'all just yelled at him. <laughs> I'm um, I agree. I think. Yeah, because the big thing is, so when someone says, like, oh, like, I don't want to go tell the police, like, who's going to believe me? You can't, you shouldn't, either way, we don't want to, like, force someone to something. So instead of saying, no, they'll believe you, just go, it's like, honestly, it's up to you. I think that if you decide to go, I'll come with you if you need me to, blah, blah, blah. But I don't want you to feel like you should go report when you don't want to. Because at the end of the day, and I know because I've seen this happen, people will be like, if you hadn't told me to do so and so, I will have seen this man for the next four years in court or something like that. So you don't want anyone to feel like you forced them to do something and now they hate you and now they hate themselves. It's a whole thing. So I always just say, take like follow the survivor's lead and just support them along the way. Ask, get basically like my hand is here. If it's if you need it, if you need like to reach out for it, go ahead. Like it's always here. If you need to go to the hospital, if you need to go wherever you need to go, I'm here. But I'm not gonna give you. And the biggest thing: do not give people advice yes. on things they didn't ask you about. Yes. Because people, especially black people, love to do that thing. Mm-hmm. Love to do that thing. So, mm. any other thoughts? My thing is acknowledging and not letting them say, "Oh, I think," or maybe I'm not sure. Mm. Like telling them, like, you're not like it happened. Letting them understand that this has happened to you, and they might gaslight themselves. Yeah. yeah, and that's yeah. A, that's an issue. The thing people do as well, and validating how they feel, validating the fact that like yeah. the memories are not gonna come right away because I think, also you were roofied. Like it's not gonna be clear, mm-hmm. but validating like I understand like it's not all gonna be there at the same time. Things are gonna be like flashes. I still get flashes now, and it's been like five years. So mm-hmm. like it's never ending. Like and he, even explaining the fact that like people will feel like you know, oh my God, it's been three months. Why am I still like telling them that like, you know, it's a journey journey and it's non-linear and don't feel like you have to have everything figured out right away. You might not even remember things regardless of whether you're like a movie or whatever. You might not remember things right away. It might take you years to get to a place where like your body will protect you. Your nervous system will protect Mm -hmm. you if you have been like deeply traumatized. And if you're not ready to deal with something, you're not ready to deal with it. Yeah. You don't push yourself for everything. That's true. That's true. We actually have, oh my gosh, a post that I created talking about the brain and triggers and how your body protects you coming out soon. But on our last note, before we go, I wanted to actually plug one of our lives that we had last, um, in December, not last month, with Natty Love about educating children on consent. I thought about it because you talked about body autonomy. And I don't remember the last part ends where she was talking to, she was with um, her son, Chance, talking about like, basically yeah. him talking about, you know, what he likes, what he doesn't like. And she was asking him, oh, does this, you know, do you like this? And he's like, no. And she stopped right away. And kind of helping to understand that he has a choice and a say from a very young age. I think he was like 10 and everything. So um, for anyone who's like maybe a parent listening and you're thinking about how can I have those conversations about like consent, about body autonomy with my kids. I'm sure we'll talk about it more in season two, but um, Instagram Live has is a good resource for things like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Just like simple things and just asking your kid, may I touch you? May I touch your yeah, hand? key thing asking, not 
telling, asking, getting their consent, well, getting their permission. The assumption, because yeah. in our communities, there's just the assumption that like, I'm your kid, I know, I know how well, to take it. even that when they say, go and hug that person, you haven't seen mm-hmm. them in a long time, and it's like, just because yeah. you, your family, you know them, doesn't mean that your child has to go and hug the person mm-hmm. they don't want to hug, or touch yeah. a person they don't want to touch. Especially mm-hmm. nasty African uncles. Yup, that's oh, exactly what I'm talking about. breast is bigger now. Yeah, so good <laughs> now. 17, wow. Ew! Your breast is bigger! <laughs> All of a sudden, you have me. Oh my god! <laughs> These uncles are. I'm happy I only have one uncle, and I love yeah. him. No, but it's they're less and less, but like for sure, they're still the nasty men. Yeah. Um. <laughs> thank you so much, Ants, for being a part of it. Thank you, Katie, for being a interrupting guest in and out. Thank you, Sherry, for the music. Um. <laughs> thank you, Ginny, for the meows. thank you, Ginny, for the meows. And this was a great episode. We look forward to seeing everyone soon. Ooh. Anything anybody wants to say before we go? Thank you. Please follow Project Agape. Yeah. And yeah. Follow interact. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Facebook, everywhere. LinkedIn, TikTok. At Project Agape CA. Yep. Bye. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Bye.